0: to do what we've always done every Tuesday night. Tonight is no different from last Tuesday. All the nights are the same to Jesus. You know what? Because in heaven there is no night. Hello? There is no night in heaven. Just beautiful sunlight. In fact, there is no sun there either except S-O-N. <laughs> is that right? Chapter... Two of First John. I'm glad everybody's here tonight. And I again say that I, I I congratulate the world for wanting to celebrate Jesus' birth. I I congratulate them, I pat him on the back. As long as they don't celebrate him. <laughs> Amen. Oh they give him the gifts and the praises and all that accolades, it's all right. Amen, not a waste. But anywhere else it's a waste. Get your Bible standing and turn with me to the book of First John. I don't know much you, but I want to get the facts straight. I did quality control training when I was doing my training in engineering. And quality control, is he's the last guy on the job. And he goes there and makes sure everything was built based on specification. He was the most revered guy on the plant side. Everybody had to listen to him. Managers, superintendent, foreman, bosses—we were powerful people. When we come by, and said, "This does not meet the spec. Take it down." They couldn't argue with us. We had we had all the government behind us and management behind us because we were there for quality control. And I believe tonight the Holy Spirit is here for quality control. Amen. 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 Hallelujah! i feel good about that tonight. Alright, chapter 2, 1 John. Little children, let's read together, verse 16, 16, I mean verse 18 rather. Little children, it's the, it's the last, verse 18. Little children, it is the last. He's calling you big grown up little children, my God. <laughs> little children, it's the last time. You're in the last, church is the last, what? This is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, plural, whereby we know that it's the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they were being of us, they would no doubt have what? Continue with us, that they might be made manifest, that there are not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know it not. But no lie is of the truth. Mark it down, folks. No lie is of the truth. Read on. Who's the liar? Christ. Christ. He's Antichrist. Did not the Father's Son. The same one. All right. All right. Now, the issue here is about Jesus Christ and the fact that he came in the flesh. Is that all right? Let's worship God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, since since God made Adam and Eve, prior to that, there's only one, one family on earth, Adam and Eve. There's no sister, brother, auntie, kids, or anybody, just a couple, a man and his wife. In those days, you couldn't tell Adam that anybody else was God. He wouldn't believe you. I don't believe that much, and I would not believe that Adam know that the one God, he talked to him. And you couldn't confuse Adam about the identity of God, because God would come and say to Adam, "Where art thou?" And they talked mouth to mouth. Not like we today we talk through, you know we don't see God. He, he could talk to God and see God and, and know what God's all about. But since that long time ago, things have changed. And the writer said, this is the last time God's going to talk to us. Amen. And through his word. Now, the issue that John is writing about here is that the flesh, if anybody come confessing not that Jesus Christ, amen, was born in the flesh, that spirit is anti-what? What? Is Antichrist. Now, John says that spirit is of Antichrist. Now, in chapter 1 of Second John, for many deceivers, verse 7 says, for many deceivers enter the world who confess not that Jesus Christ... Now, it's important to know Jesus Messiah. That's what it really means. Christ means Messiah or the Anointed One. Jesus Christ... Is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and anti Christ. To deny. Now, I don't think anybody in the world going to tell you that Jesus Christ didn't come in the flesh, except be a philosopher or some of some sort. But what God is trying to tell you is in First Timothy three sixteen. Go there, please, on the board. He's trying to tell you exactly this. This is what he's trying. I don't know why God don't come plain and tell us but he convolutedly tells things because he wants to search for it. He wants you to search the scripture. It would be so easy if God just, you know, systematically laid everything out for us. Wouldn't it be nice and neat and this beautiful? No. you got to search it out. Even the prophets had to search diligently to find things. And without contradiction, God, greater in the midst of God than this, God... Was Not God is manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believe on in the world. Receive up into glory. Now the only person I know of that fit that scripture is Jesus Christ. Hello, only Jesus Christ I know fit that scripture. that He he said that God was manifest in the flesh. So when John wrote, if you deny that Jesus came in the flesh, you're actually saying Jesus was not God. That's what you're saying. Is that all right? Now, if Jesus is not God, then friend, I my as well close church down and go home. You're wasting your time. So am I. But if Jesus Christ is God, then this Bible is true. But if he's not God, then we've been taking it for a ride. A big old ride. Remember the story in the Bible? Two women came before Solomon, and they had a baby. Remember that? And one said, divide the baby. And the other said, don't divide the baby. I'd rather they give up the baby than divide the baby. And Solomon said, okay, that's the real mother. Just like we gotta figure out the real baby, we need to figure out the real mother of the church. Jerusalem is the mother of us all. Our mother's not in Rome or Jerusalem. But Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. Then who is our father? Jesus Christ is called the everlasting father. Go there now. Isaiah nine six. Put in the word, please. I want you to see, church, how these scriptures have to be searched for to give you the, the systematic understanding of what it's all about. For others, a child is born, when? In Bethlehem. Right? In Bethlehem Epheta. The fifth chapter of uh, Micah 5.2 says, is going forth as being from everlasting. A government shall be upon his shoulder. All right? That scripture you're looking at right there is about Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ. That fulfilled the scripture. She just changed a while ago. Isaiah 9.6. Now, Isaiah 9.6 and the book of Isaiah 7.14 are dovetail. Now we've got to get this straight, folks, because Jesus says, Except we believe I'm He, we will die in our sins. a force of that. So so we know a virgin shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What's a sign given to us, folks? That word "sign" means something out of the norm, something unusual. Now a virgin cannot bring forth a child. She cannot. It's just impossible. Who's going to believe that? Nobody can. Not even Joseph believed it until God talked to him, right? So we see a virgin will bring forth a child. Or she shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. What do they call Jesus Christ in Matthew? Emmanuel, which be interpreted God with us. That baby is God with us. That does not mean heaven is empty. Because if you say you got God in your heart right now... You're going to tell me that heaven is empty because it's in your heart? Hello? If it's in your house, does that mean every house is empty of God? No. God filled the universe. The heavens can't contain Him. Yet He's in us. Now all these scriptures are coming together. And so we read, a sign is the virgin birth. Now, I want to explain to you very carefully right now. What a virgin, but really mean. I said to you before, I'll say to you again. Isaiah 9, 5, and 6 tells us, That child is the father, and he's the son. That child is. Go there, please. He's the father, he's the son. And John tells me, He who hath the son hath the father also. If you deny the sonship of God, you automatically deny the father. Because it's the same individual, but different manifestation of the same person. Now, Elizabeth, all right, had a, had a child. Well, was strange. This is very interesting. Elizabeth, who's married for years, couldn't have a kid. Mary, who's only engaged, ended up with a kid amazing how God operates. <laughs> the one with the husband couldn't have a kid and one with the husband had the kid. <laughs> That's God sends a human And put them both on the spot. How can a woman that old have a kid? It's almost impossible to man. How can a girl who would never have known a man have a kid? But there are two miraculous kids. Both births were for a sign. All right? There's been this sign that, that uh, Isaiah 9, 6 is talking about. Or rather, chapter 7 of the book of Isaiah. We know that it takes a father's seed to define the blood type. You know, I do counseling, and sometimes people come by and they have those those queries, you know. Well, whose kid this is? You know, and the guy says, not mine. Girl says okay, let's go see the, 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 the clinic in the a blood test whose kid this is the guy says not his and then pretty soon they draw some blood from the kid and blood from the dad and they put him through a screening hello and they they match him for configuration and guess what he can't weaken himself out of it <laughs> it tells it's his kid and by right that kid should have the father's name right? And so when the father's seed going to bring forth a child, we know a woman does not have a seed, so Eve's daughter, Mary, could not have a seed, but she has an egg. So the seed had to come from God, because an egg by itself cannot give birth to a child. But an egg and a seed can produce a child. And we know that to produce uh, I'm told by scientific minded that take an X and a Y that is in the father to define the gender of the child and so here is Eve Uh, God said your seed shall bruise his head and his seed shall bruise your head well Mary can't have a seed and Eve can't have a seed so it must be something else right? who's that seed? we're going to find out can we know that seed is Christ? Christ is that seed, right? Now, so Christ would have been planted in the womb of Mary, right? Otherwise, there's no other way to get there. Now, here, here we have an XX to form, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a mother I have X and I'm, I'm a man I have X and Y. So, to produce a, a male child, what commission do you need? An XX, a girl... They tell me. And the XY is a what? Boy. Mary doesn't have a, a Y, so she can't produce a boy even if she wanted to. You know, guys blame his wife. Well, I want a boy. Well, man, it's your problem not hers. <laughs> you dropped the wrong stuff. <laughs> That's all there was, right? You can't blame her. She got nothing to do with it. <laughs> you didn't have the right to write alphabet letter. And so she gave you what you gave her. And here it is, you know. A girl is yours. All right? So here now, the seed of a woman is a male child. All right? Conception does not take place where? In a womb. And that's why it's a sign. The virgin will give you a sign. And that sign is the conception. He was conceived in the womb of the Holy Ghost. Hello. Never happened before. And so that's a sign. So this child that we're dealing with is no ordinary child. Everything about this child is going to be extremely sensitive. Now, we know that the seed of the Father is the reason why he inherited that name. The name Jesus was given by an inheritance. He inherited his father's name. So what would be his father's name? Jesus. His father's name is not Christ. Christ should mean Messiah. The angel doesn't say his name shall be called Christ. He says he shall be called what? Jesus. When was he called Jesus? On the eighth day of circumcision. That's when the child is named. And so Jesus said, I come in my father's name. John 5.43 What's his father's name? The one the angel gave him. What that what name was that? The name that linked with the seed and the seed also produced the blood. So the blood of that seed of that name got to be the blood of God. And that make that blood qualify to be redemptive. And therefore that blood is better than the blood of bulls and goats and emperors. And so this blood is not about forgiveness, but this blood is about remission of sins. And I personally believe, if God tried hard enough, He could have found a place for Jesus to be born. But He chose a manger because that's where lambs are found. He's a lamb. Where would you put a lamb? In a hotel? No! You put a lamb in a stable, in a manger. And all these are signs that God has given to us to know who Jesus is. Now, many world deliverers came up, but none have the birth genealogy of Jesus Christ. None of them were unique as he was. In his birth he was unique. In his life he was unique. In his death he was unique. In his resurrection is unique. And that set him apart. So we don't have to come up with a divided Jesus. You can't divide Jesus up into one, two, three. You can't divide God into one, two, three. Christ is not divided. It's important to know that. You can't divide Christ. So conception of a virgin is in the womb and Mary ended up with a Y that came from somewhere else beside Joseph and produced a boy who had the blood type, the seed type, the name type of his father. So when Christ said, I carry my father's name, John 5.43, he said, why do you want to stone me? Huh? You should have stolen me. I'm not saying a lie. I have my father's name. John 10.30, he says, I am my father of one. He's not lying because the Bible said he is. Isaiah 9, six said is right. He said, I am my father of one. How, how could that be? Well, go back to the Scripture. Search the Scripture. And see if this child is okay or not. Or is this child a lunatic or something? No, he's not a lunatic. The child is claiming. I, he said, I must be about my father's business. Well, Isaiah 96 said, he's a father. He's a son. Hello? And yet he's a babe. That's amazing. So the blood in the vein of Jesus is not Joseph's blood. And all you mothers you know even though you got this foreign stuff in your tummy that blood of yours and that baby's blood does not commingle if the mother's blood ever mix with the baby's blood that baby will die right. okay. and the mother will die too there's a separation between the mother's blood and the child's blood so Jesus didn't have his mother's blood every baby have their father's blood that's why babies are born looking like daddy and mommy because the seal that daddy produced that look alike in that mosaic system. Are you with me? So when I celebrate Jesus Christ, I'm doing it as he's not an ordinary baby. He's not every day around the mill. This is unusual stuff. You're dealing with a holy thing as we call it. A holy thing. This holy child. The government is on his shoulder. You're going to save us all. Now, the Bible said that He said, "I come in my Father's name." That's why, in in John five forty three, He says, "I come in my Father's name." Hello, Acts twenty twenty eight. Now, this is really frightening. Now, the church purchased with His blood. Holy Ghost? Have blood? How could that be? Jesus said, look at me. I'm flesh and bone. Spirit don't have what? Flesh and bone, they see me have. But what's happening here? And that's right. Spirit don't have blood. Impossible. The only blood can come is by the body of Jesus. He came with blood and water. On the cross, when they stuck him in the heart, what happened? Blood and water came from Jesus. I'm going to shock you now, folks. Ready for it? Blood is not red. So how do you tell the difference? Ah, got my way of showing that. The red corpuscles stain the blood that is coming out. But blood is not red. Sin is red. Sin is red as what? Crimson. But Christ's blood is translucent like water. They agree in purpose and type. You see, I want to know what I'm celebrating. I want to know why I'm celebrating. I'm seeing the mystery of God revealed. I was concealed, made known, and I'm enjoying it. I'm saying, this is the ordinary person. I'm dealing with the supernatural. (laughs) Becoming natural. But I can handle it and deal with it. Hello? And so, 1 John 3.16, that person on the cross is more than just a man. John got revelation and wrote, hereby perceive we the love of God, because He, God, laid down His life for us. Somebody said, well, I can't understand that. How can God lay His life down? Well, I don't understand everything God does, but in one thing, God can't lie. The only way that can be true is if God came in the flesh. No other way our spirit will have flesh and blood. And, and if it was seen of the Gentiles and preached unto the world, the only person I know that is not Socrates or Axiomannes or any great Plato. No, it was a man called Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Praise God. Now, so we know the Father's name and the blood had to be God. Now, remember that. Christ is not divided. So you can't divide Christ into part one, part two, part three. One God. Amen. Indivisible. Right? Amen. right? Yeah. So you can't break it into three parts. Because right. <laughs> it says you can't do it. He's one person. All right. Now, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So, the Bible says, in in Christ there is life. And His life is the life of every man. So the life of the flesh is blood. And the life of the body is the spirit. Hello? And the life of man is Christ. So, Jesus could not die until he gave up the ghost the spirit absent from the body the body's dead blood drained out of your body the flesh dies he was telling me about this part of the body he said it got cut off and reattached to some part of the foot until the blood flow through it and keep the, body, keep the body, flesh alive so they could put that it, it belong right as long as the blood is flowing it will live as long as And that's why we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. As long as His blood is on us, we are alive. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, but the Spirit also lives in us. If the Spirit leaves the body, the body dies. And when Christ says, you are the temple of God, He's saying, I am in you as the life. Why take communion? which we're going to take this this next week. Communion. The symbolism of that flesh and blood. Tell us what. It's life. When I take the communion, it reminds me of Christ liberating me from the powers of sin. The penalty of sin. Right? And sin itself. And God... He's taken me from that. And so I celebrated like Israel do the Passover. They celebrated Passover because God brought them out of Egypt into a promised land. God taken me out of sin into a sinless life. Our life is in Christ Jesus. But it had to go back to that little baby. That baby is called peace child. If that child was not born, peace and goodwill between God and men would not have been possible. Right. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. Now, I can't tell you this, I shouldn't tell you, but in research it's found when the husband and the wife is married, not in every case, but in most cases, nine to ten, the wife and the husband is pretty happy. And soon as the baby is born, comes stress, strain fall apart. And really what really happened is is affection turns somewhere else. And the curve shows the the man's love goes down and when the kid leaves the home it comes right back up. <laughs> That's amazing. Not peace and goodwill. It's a problem still. <laughs> but when Christ was born and God said, okay, peace and goodwill to the world the world didn't act that way. When Christ was born, the dragon shows up. And the dragon sits right at the mouth of the womb. Right? To devour that baby, to prevent him from living. Now he's helpless. The baby's helpless. And the only person to help him is what? His mom and dad. And so Joseph had to follow the warning signals of an angel. Do as you're told. Don't argue. Do, go there. Go there. And every place he went was biblical. He was fulfilling scriptures. Now people don't realize that 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 same devil attacked him when he was thirty years old, again, and finally killed him. He did all right. Now in John one ten to fourteen, and the Word was made flesh, called the Logos. Now that baby is this. All that baby is, folks, ready for it? Is Jehovah Jireh showed up. Go to about Moriah. And here is Abraham with his only begotten son who was born at a mystical birth. Right? And the Bible says, when he said, offer him up. Now, you know and I know that God does not believe in human sacrifice. Told Israel, don't you ever do that. Now, but Abraham didn't know that. God says, Offer your son. And your only son, your only begotten son. Now we know he's not the only begotten son because, well, not the only son because there's Hagar's son, Ishmael. he doesn't want Ishmael, he wants this boy. The promised seed. I want you to watch it, folks. Here he took, he said, "Take him to Moriah, up there, and offer him. Take his life out. He went all the way up to take his life out. Pull the knife. Get ready to go down to stab the kid. And God says, "Stop." I'm going to tell you the real reason why God stopped him. You want to know why? He was not qualified to die that death. Only the Man Christ Jesus could die that death and be qualified. Hello? And God said, you're no substitute for Jesus. You're not qualified to be Jesus. But you can represent Him. And God said, there is a, a ram caught in the ticket there. Use them. And of those two were, 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 were willing. But when Jesus came, in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, it says, law in the volume of this book, it's written of me. What is it saying? When God sought for a man and couldn't find any man, and God sought for an intercessor, <coughs> couldn't find one. God f- sought for somebody to stand between the gap, couldn't find anybody. And he wondered, and said, okay, his own right harm or his power brought him Salvation. So who's Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is God's answer for a man. A man to fight, hey, the devil. And so, with Hebrews chapter 10, the first, the first verse tells you, the shadow of things that could not redeem us. Now, most people understand this. In the Old Testament, you had a forgiveness of sin, but they never had remission of sins so from Genesis to Malachi there's always a reminder of the sin, now you today are born again, you don't dare go back to God and say well God remember last week oh I I sinned how bad I was God said what are you talking about you repent I forgave you and by the love of Jesus Christ you're cleansed to remember your sins no more only in that body of Jesus Christ was that possible it makes sense that Satan should prevent that if he could. And so, we find in 1 John 5, 5-9, to we have to agree that God was manifest in the flesh. His name is called Christ, the anointed Messiah. In other words, this Jesus, the anointed one, is the Messiah. Come in the flesh. To do what? To redeem us. Now, I want to tell you tonight, Jesus was predestined to die. He died from the foundation of the world. In God's mind, it was what he done. Are you with me? Let me take you back to the book of, uh, Genesis. Let's go with me in the Garden of Eden. Look at this, folks. Adam sinned. Who's gonna judge him? The one who made him. The one who told him not to do it. Gonna judge him. So, God said, you've sinned. And you gotta die. Now, did God say, I'm gonna kill you, Adam? No. Sin had death with it. And so sin man is death. God did not hand him over to death, but what God did was God took a, a coat from somewhere and covered him. The word coat means atoning. To cover mean this. Cover shame. So the only way God could get a coat of covering something had to die. The word taught me to cover. Right? Now when they carry In in the tabernacle situation, when they carry the Ark of the Covenant and all the vessels, what do they do? They cover it. And they call Christ's flesh the veil. The covering. Huh? Hallelujah. Beautiful. The covering. The covering. So, alright. So the blood identified the name, the gender, the father of this child and bring forth remission of sin. Can't say praise the Lord. Lord. It's important that you know that. Now, virgin birth. Why a virgin birth? This is very crucial. Here's why it's a sign. I don't know why it's a sign. It's a sign because if it's not a virgin birth, then Christ cannot be sinless. Because every one of us were born in sin. Saved in iniquity. Every man's seed is sinful. So it's impossible for Christ to be born of the Adamic seed. That's why he's called the last Adam, or the origin of the new world Adam. This new Adam belonged to another world to come. The first Adam is this world. You and I are offspring of the first Adam. Even though some of us are dark green, yellow, pink, and all that different color he still to one family, Adam. By one blood, he made all nations. Right, the ten chapter Genesis and eleven chapter tell you how we got in all these different colors, right, and all these different languages. But one blood. Therefore, by one man sin came in the world, and by another man sin come out of the world. But who's that man? The man child, the man child, Christ Jesus. So. I know what I'm celebrating tonight. I know why I'm happy. I'm not sure he was born tonight or yesterday or tomorrow. And by my estimation he was born in October. <laughs> but I don't care what the world thinks. I'm telling you the, the, the significance of this child. This peace child. He was born for a purpose. He said for this cause. I came in the world for a cause. Amen. And I'm going to stand up for this cause. I was born to die. Can I prove it to you? All right. Virgin Birth mean that 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 58. To tell you that this Adam, the last Adam, does not have any linkage with any of humanity on earth. None except the fact he came through Mary. Now of course Mary had to support him with her umbilical cord and the food she eat, and Mary lived like a Jew. Jesus Christ was raised like a Jew. And Jew means from child of Judah, but an Israelites he'd follow the system. But it meant that Jesus Christ bypassed any blood ties with us. Hallelujah. your blood is corrupted another reason for the virgin birth it was that in the virgin birth listen folks a number of things happened Jesus Christ would come in the fashion as a man Philippians 2 and verse 8 this baby is in the fashion of a man not like an angel but as a man The man Christ Jesus. That virgin Birth, This is a sinless man. That holy thing. Number two, he was also in the form of God. Which would be blasphemy if anybody says that by themselves. Philippians 2 and verse 6. Look at that. Hebrews 2.16 says, he took on the nature of Abraham. In other words, he allowed himself to be temptable. The nature of Abraham simply means he had the ability to sin. I'm Understand that? Was Abraham a liar? Sure was. He lied about his wife. Didn't he? He told his wife to lie. Abraham also hook up with Agar he shouldn't have now what the nature of Abraham mean he was able to be tempted he'd be hungry he'd operate on the five senses as we do Jesus five senses operates like we did yet without sin amazing the next reason why the virgin birth, it produced the flesh. It said, touch me. I got flesh and blood. As you see me have, look, touch me. I'm not some angel. I'm not a cherub. that like, appear and fly away. I'm not a theophany. I'm a real man. I got eyes. I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm hungry. <clears throat> As a man, something they don't know. As a baby, I cried. Pulled my pants. <laughs> Went my diaper. You don't believe he did? Of course he did. What do you think he was? A child like you and me. He was a baby than a child, huh? Than a young boy than a man, right? So the virgin bird produced him as the fashion of a man, the form of God, The nature of Abraham and the flesh and the blood. So what we have here is a God-man. Now, Jesus Christ was not a split personality. He was not schizophrenic. He was not bipolar. But he was God and man. He was human and divine. He was the lamb and he was the lion. He was the root, was the offspring. He was the vine, and he was the branch. Was still one person. One Christ. Clap here if that makes sense. Amen. You see, tonight, being in church making sense. I'm not giving you some homily. I'm telling you what the word of God says. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. The truth is, Jesus is the Christ. The son of the living God. Alright? Why a manger? A manger was befitting for a lamb. A manger is not a place for a man. If he was a, hello, a lamb, then he should be born in a manger. That means he went and disqualified all the other animals. I said, we don't need you no more. Your job is over. I'm here. (laughs) The 10th chapter of Hebrews says that. Church is all right, church? Hey, church, God wants you to know this. He says, to you, to give to understand the mystery of the kingdom. And the mystery of God and Christ is this. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Come unto me, he said. Oh, that they were never later. And I will give you rest. Not somebody else. I will. I'm the way. I'm the door. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And beside me, there's no other way. Oh, come on, somebody. He's born a savior. Luke 2, 11 says he's born a savior. God says, beside me there is no savior. Do that make sense? I believe I do. Alright? Why the baby? He was 10, tells you why a baby was born. <laughs> I come to do thy will, oh God. He couldn't find a man, so he went to a baby. <laughs> Goliath said, give me a man! Couldn't find one, so he gave him a lad. David. What do they call Jesus? David. Who's God he's fighting? The beast. Who's the beast? The Antichrist. Whose teeth are like claws of iron. Huh? The 10th chapter in verse 10 of Hebrews. A body was prepared. Prepared for What? God prepared the body of Jesus Christ that it would be three years to look at hello, and then qualify to die. Well, that goes back to the Old Testament. Numbers says, you pick a lamb, keep it for three days, and then on the third day you kill it. It was pure. Now, we saw the precipice of the scapegoat where they dropped him. Did we know, folks? They showed us where they dropped the scapegoat. How have seeing seen that in Israel, you guys forgot. You remember seeing that? So, the place where they put them over and kill a scapegoat. Now, Jesus Christ was made a spectacle. Isaiah fifty three says that he was a scapegoat for for all of us, bore our sins, carried iniquities. Look at verse seven, the tenth chapter of Hebrews. In the volume of the book, the volume means all the Old Testament writings. In the volume of the Old Testament writings. He was predicted, and now he's presented in the gospel. This is awesome, folks. He's presented in the gospel. Stay with me. He was presented in the gospel. Amen. Predicted by the law and presented by the gospel. Hallelujah. To die. So his flesh become the veil in verse 20 of the 10th chapter of Hebrews. He become the new and the living way. You could not get behind the veil in the tabernacle except there's a rip. When they cut his side open, you know what happened? The veil ran from the top down. And I'm told by historian Torian that out of six inches thick the way they put it together. So there's no way it could rip from the from the top down. The way to do it would be from the bottom up, right? From the top down. And it says that veil is his flesh. Is that right? Alright? Now it's flesh. Give us the way is blood. Hebrews 10, 719 19 give you remission of sins. That's why you must be baptized in water into the name of Jesus Christ. Here's what. It's not just a ritual. It's not some confession of a faith. The Jewish guide showed us the, the mitzvah. I remember that. Every house has a what? A mitzvah. Because every family is a married couple. Right? And in the mitzvah in there, he said it's for purification. And there's no marriage without first that mitzvah bath. When she goes down in that mitzvah and come up, she's purified and she take on her husband's name. When I'm baptized in water and, and by immersion into the name of Jesus Christ, I actually go into a marriage vow. It's actually a covenant. It is a covenant. And the Jews still are doing it. Anybody know why that's a handkerchief behind? It's called the, the kerchief transaction being paid in full. We went to Toronto and we were in this coach and our, our guy was a Jewish lady. Remember I talked to her about it? And asked about it. She said, and she said, okay, we talked to a rabbi about this and it's on my iPhone where the rabbi told her it's called the transaction and it's still doing. It. The symbolic term of that Thing folded mean paid in full. So he purchased the church and it means complete. So when Christ says finished, he left behind not the swaddling, but the, the culture. Mean paid in full. Now here's what happened now, folks. Don't stole me. Please don't do this. Jesus Christ was a high priest. Right? On earth was a prophet. When he come to heaven, he's a high priest. Now the high priest is for, is forbidden to have two wives. He cannot marry a divorcee. He, he cannot marry a divorcee. He, he cannot marry, uh, just anybody. He had to marry a virgin. Remember that now. Here's what's strange enough, folks. When you read St. Corinthians 11, and verse 1 or 2, go there, please. Now, please don't mess up your life because I said that. I'm trying to tell you what happened here. In chapter 11, verse 1 to 2, he said, Look, I've espoused you as a chaste what? Now you know, and I know, there are three women in Revelation. The great whore, the mother of harlots, and her kids, right? The woman with the sun and the moon and the star. And there's one lady there, It's called a virgin. Which one did he marry? Come on, folks. Don't look at me like that. You and your Bible. Open your Bible. Look at it. Which one did he marry? He married the Virgin, the Virgin Church, because he's a high priest. And so to understand, when left alive on earth before his death, he was married to Israel, and he could not marry the Church like he does today. But death separates marriages. In the resurrection, they're not given to marry. So he came back from the dead. Now he's free amen. to marry who he will. He said, "I'll be in my church now. I'll build my church. He's going to build his own wife." Amen. The church is the bride of Christ. They see that baby now. He comes to look for a bride amen. to take back to heaven. This is awesome, folks. I love it. Do you love it too? Amen. Let's clap right to God. God. God All right, now look at this, folks. When he was a babe in the manger, I want you to look at this. Now, I don't believe Christ can lead you wrong. It's impossible for Christ to lead you wrong. These men are not Jews. They're not saved people. They're heathens, Gentiles. These three wise men, call them what you will. I don't know what they're called in the Bible. They're just called wise men. They're wise by virtue of their activity. Look what they did. They saw a star. What did Balaam told them in the book of Numbers? A star shall come out of what? Jacob. Come on church, you know that. You folks look at me so strange. Balaam tried to curse Israel. It's a star shall arise. Well, they are following that star. That star led them to Jesus Christ. <coughs> when they came they brought three significant things. The three things they brought is a testimony to that baby. You see, people are giving gifts to each other today and they're wrong. They don't know what they're doing. In fact, they're hurting themselves. i tell you what the world is doing right now. Can I shock you what they're doing? The world is giving gifts to each other today. They're practicing the fulfillment of the book of Revelation, chapter 11. This world is going to crucify and kill the two anointed servant. And when they kill them, they're going to celebrate by sending gifts to each other around the world. Hello? That's exactly what they're doing right now. And that's uh, the time of the year. They're going to do it this time of the year. I'm just going away. So this gift giving is a preparation for this tattooing. the are tattooing their body. And this body piercing is, is the, ready for the mark of the beast. You're gonna put a mark in their body and a tattoo on them, which God told Israel, you don't do that. I said, preachers with tattoo and earring and all that stuff. Earring mean that you're gonna to belong to an Ishmaelite. You know what Ishmaelites are? Mo- Mohammedism. Read your Bible. But I'm not going there right now. Church. Fear not little flock. It's your Father, a good pleasure to give you inspiration, revelation, and dedication to the truth. I'll tell you the truth. But they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What does it mean? The gold was symbolic of royalty and a sign of purity. For example, down chapter 2, the image they saw was an uh, image of gold, and silver and God called the head the superior part gold and the rest were inferior in other words Jesus Christ was superior by the fact he's gold it also represents the fact that he's born to reign for the gold came to him the frankincense is, a, is symbolic of his divinity or what they use at the brazen altar which is the incense they use when they offer before they go down the veil. Are you with me? Meaning that Christ was going to have an experience of death. Can we go on? The next symbolic meaning of that is that Jesus Christ, the myrrh, spoke of His burial. Now those wise men don 't realize that they are performing god 's act but but because this this child is for a sign, Simeon says, Anna says it's a sign, and guess what folks? the shepherds, God gave them another sign, and think about it, God said now when you go you're going to know this child distinct from any other kid. Because this child is wrapped in swaddling clothing. That means other babies are not wrapped up like that. That means Joseph took off his coat and wrapped him up like a mummy. Symbolic, this child was born to die. And he's like this. Look at me. Like a mummy. His hands are restricted like Lazarus was. And he was in a coffin. That baby was already in a coffin. Don't forget, Jesus was already dead before he was even born. He was slain from the foundation of the world. Church, is this alright? Are you enjoying this? I am. I'm telling you the truth. This is not common knowledge. This is not common theological sermon. But I'm telling you something, folks, God wants you to know what's going on. Amen. Amen. And so the three men, the three wise men, represent confirmation. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. reconfirmation confirmation. And they came to confirm that this is the Christ, the King of the Jews. Hello? And then you have uh Anna. Hello? And you have Simeon. And they came in. So it's established that Jesus is the Christ. Are you with me? Alright. Arad represents the dragon. They who to stop the man child from going up into heaven. Well, when did he go up into heaven? On the Mount of Olives. They watched him going up into heaven. That means he survived. Revived and it didn't stop him. He went up into heaven. And the angel said, this same Jesus shall so return in like manner. Yes. Yes. So what Matthew is telling you that in chapter 2, and verse 15, he was in Egypt as prophesied in verse 18, chapter 2, as Rachel weeping. And by the way, folks, how many kids did Rachel have? Only two. Joseph. And Benjamin. How come she's weeping? God's calling, hello, all of Israel, ritual kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on now. Come on, hello. You know? Jesus Christ was a Nazarene? Was he a Nazarene by terms of long hair? No. It's impossible for Jesus to have long hair. If he did, he would have violated 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Because a man cannot have long hair unless he's a Nazarite, and Nazarite and Nazarene is two different thing. And Nazarene it mean like I'm a, I'm a Mac because I'm here, I live here. Hello, but I wasn't born here. Amen. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but I live in Nazareth. Mm. Hello. And at age 12, what did he do at age 12? He walked right to the temple and fulfilled Malachi 3.1. Go and look. The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. You think Jesus Christ lost control when he was a baby? Oh no, he was still in charge. He was still in charge. <laughs> he was still in charge because Simeon talked to him. Simeon lifted up that baby and said, now Lord, talk to the baby, now Lord, let thy servant now, Simon is an old, old man. He's calling him my Lord, huh? And no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Come on, this baby is unusual, wrapped in swaddling clothing. That means he was born to die, and it's a sign. If you don't believe it's a sign, look in chapter Luke two seven and twelve. You can see God called the swaddling clothes a sign. A sign of his death. Jesus knew he was born to die. That's why when he was tempted in the garden of Gethsemane, he knew this. Why in the garden of Gethsemane? That's where Adam lost out, in the garden. He went right back to a garden to die. Amen. And he says, for this cause was I born. And for this purpose. And if I walked away How will this cup pass from me? What cup is he talking about? What cup? The cup of suffering. In closing, he's called the Messiah. You see, the swaddling clothes goes back all the way to Job. Job and Solomon talk about the swaddling clothing. Amen. It speaks of death. Jesus then was given a stand on the eighth eighth day. But the first time Jesus shed blood, anybody know when the first time he shed blood? When circumcised, the knife came upon him. He felt his own pain. It took him that long to feel his own law. (laughs) He cried his head off. Ah! Yeah, that's how Abraham felt too that's what Isaac felt too that he by this could participate in the suffering of ours we have not an high priest that cannot be touched by the field of infirmities now <clears throat> this is very interesting folks it's very important to know this when Jesus on the 8th day was to be presented something unique came the cheapest of the cheap of sacrifice two doves I'm going to tell you why Look in your Bible, Luke 2, 34 and 38. One of those dove represents his death, and the other represent what? His resurrection. When a leper was brought before God, what would they do? To cleanse the leper, they would bring what? Two eternal doves. You're not supposed to what? Do anything like cut him up. You must pierce his wings. Hello? Pit him down and kill him. Right? Let his blood flow over running water. And you take the live blood and you dip the live blood live bird dove rather into that running water. Hold it up and let it go. Amen. Anybody see that? Sister Lisa, do you see that? You see where I'm going, right. Sister Kim? Remember, I see that yeah. I'm going. They pin him down and nail him to the cross. That's the dove being slain. Over running water, water and blood came from his side. Is that right? And then the evidence of his death, flying away to heaven. Okay, you can't see when he died. The ghost. What happened? The birds trying to show what happened. They dip that blood in that running water and did do this. And throw it into the sky. That that bird fly away. Jesus went into heaven, and the only person that can ever be Messiah is a person. Who sits in that seat must bring blood with it also. In the Bible, if you're a virgin, the virgin, when she marries that guy next morning when she wakes up, there must be blood on that seat. The Messiah, if he's the true Messiah sitting on the throne, when he sits on the mercy seat, there must be blood on that seat. And that's why when Jesus Christ walked in the temple the first time before he was crucified, and he had the book to read. Look where he sat. He took the book. Gave it back to the priest. And sat in a seat. That seat is called the what? The mercy seat. Oh, look at it, folks. He sat in the mercy seat. Now, and they said, why is he sitting in that seat? And he said, this day, that scripture is fulfilled. And that's why they want to throw him off the cliff you don't sit there but he said I got a right now there was no blood on the seat but when he went to heaven he went to the true tabernacle and sat down but church when he came from the, when he died look what happened now in the tomb they said who going to roll the, the stone away when he grew up to be a man and they killed him after three and a half years of service which he fulfilled the tomb was empty they thought. They saw two things. A napkin, which represent paid in full. But something has happened. Mary and John and Peter came and saw. Come here. I want you to look at this, friend. This is awesome. I want you you, you to lay right here. You lay on the floor. Lay on the floor. Get down there. Come on. Sit right here. What, the, the Bible says the angel one at his head, one at his feet. What happened in the Tabernacle plan on on, on on the Ark of the Covenant? Two angels looking at each other, looking down, looking down on who? Look, looking on Jesus Christ. The the angel desired to look into. into what. <coughs> But when they look, they're looking at an empty what? Tomb. Meaning Jesus Christ left for us an ark without any law there. Just the grace of God and angels desire to look into it. If he was not God, then who is God? Thank you, boys. He said now, he said now oh, boys, let's go to Mount of Olives. What is he doing? 14 chapter of the book of Zacharias. This same Jesus that went up into heaven shall so return in like manner. And folks, he will return. You know what they did? To prevent Jesus from coming back and going to that great gate, the triumphal great, they put a bunch of cemetery there. But they forgot one thing: no grave can hold him down. I'm telling friend, nobody can imitate the true Christ. When He comes, He said, "I'm coming from the east to us, and shine to the west." In Jerusalem, we saw all the Jews that believe in God. You know what they do. They want to be planted where in the cemetery. Facing which direction? The east. Hello? Why do you think all the takers put you facing the east? Because I want you to face the coming of the Messiah. He won't be in some desert place or in Rome or some other place. He'll be in the clouds, climbing on the clouds, coming with His church with 10,000 of His saints. Church, church I want to tell you, There's a real Jesus. There is a real Jesus. I'll tell you where He is. He's living in you. And by the way, He didn't ask you to bring Him a gift. He gave you a gift. God so loved the world that He gave us the Holy Ghost. Let's worship Him right now.